Support the Amigos podcast and keep the Amiga goodness flowing for just a dollar a month. Visit our page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Amigos, the podcast about everything Amiga. Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodovkar Schaller. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we are going to talk about the Lost Vikings. Alrighty. So, but before we do, um, what news hath you in the Amiga universe? Well, ill-prepared as I was for that question, um, the first thing I guess we should go over is the, and you, you posted a little job about this, and so did I, why don't you talk to the people about this new uh, game that's, com- that's coming out that I've heard is a Zelda light, okay. if you will, well, and I had heard of the, of the original, uh, but I had not uh, heard much about this one until it just, I guess it's released, or is it, they take a pre-order? So yeah, this is Tales of Gorlith 2. And it is uh, kind of a, um, it's basically like a Zelda-like game. Um, you can see here that it's, uh, well, this is just a lot of bizarre opening <laughs> stuff. Um, but it looks like a Zelda or more of like a Chrysalis, if you like that, that NES game. Um, it's... I guess the, the original one was a huge success, so that they had to make it. Um, it looks it looks good, you know. Um, I like the font; it's a very kind of Lord of the Rings. Um, so if you're into the action RPG scene, then uh, this could be this could be something for you. It's very, I mean, it's very Zelda looking, and yeah, you know a lot more about that than me. But it's that might be the stuff right there. I mean, that, yeah, that's your bag, right? Right, right. Um, Let's if we check out the uh, the site here. Let's see how much they're charging for. Of course, this is a, a German. I looked it up actually, amazingly, and thirty two euros. That's euros, right? Thirty six. Uh, okay, thirty six. I was looking at the one underneath it. That's oh, for okay. the actual oh, game. Oh, I see. Sorry, yeah. sorry. Uh, it's only like that's like thirty four bucks US. That's very yeah. The the the, uh, the difference in money is yeah. It's probably the lowest it's ever been. Right? And they've got the they've Thank got Brexit. They've got part one. Uh, is a free download. Yeah, that's a good deal, eh? So we should try this. I, yeah. I'm not really. It's not my bag, but mm-hmm. I'll give it a go sometime. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Put it on the list, Boog. All right, I'll put it on the list. Um, so uh, what else you got? This was a sparse week, frankly. Uh, the uh, most of the news will be our various hardware pickups. <laughs> um, someone posted. I think it was. I think this was sent over to me. I'm not even sure who sent it, but it was a... Uh, no, someone stuck it up there. Uh, talking about Amiga users in Iraq. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see that? I saw that. And so I guess an Iraqi user has put up some 3D images. Uh, pretty slick. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, we actually get some action out of the Middle East, don't we? I mean, so maybe there are more people using Amigas over there than we than we know about. Yeah, very cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, this isn't really news, but uh, I saw that Shane R. Monroe, my... my uh, uh, your, your hero in uh, podcast buddy put up a, a little article about uh, the best Amiga games on iOS. 
uh, including well, one. He's been doing a lot of more recent stuff lately, hasn't he? Shane? Yeah. I mean, he, he has a show that goes on, has been going on for years, which is called Pasture Seed Radio. And, uh, um, is I'll, he the same on our YouTube channel? I noticed that someone had subscribed. That, that was wasn't me. me. That was but me. all of his videos are about new stuff. Uh, they're all like they new are, game they, Mostly, yeah. So yeah. he's, I guess he's dropped that whole shtick about hating everything that's new. Oh, and, yeah, but he's been doing that. I mean, that was a, a decade ago before when he started, when the 360 came out, he jumped in. Mm. And that was when he, so yeah, that's, okay. I remember being appalled. I never, yeah, I was so mad. But anyway, he put some stuff up there. Uh, if you're, if you're into the, uh, port, you know, the portable games, but I will say Beneath the Still Sky, uh, is a, is a pretty, pretty wild game. Very famous on the Atari 8-bit systems, I think. Beneath the Still Sky? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That was on the 8 bits? I think so. No, nah, you can't be. Don't think Beneath so. Beneath the Still Sky was a, was a point and click game. I think you're thinking, you must, you've got to be thinking. I will say, if there, it is, I'd be very impressed. I must be thinking of another game. But, uh, um, so, that, pr- pretty pretty cool. There's a few things on that list that are interesting. One thing I should mention, this is sort of news. I watched, in its entire, in fact, I rewatched what I'd watched the first time. I went back and watched Viva Amiga this week. The, uh, the uh, the long-awaited documentary. I guess I'm sort of late to the party, but I mm-hmm. finally got through it. Uh, my thoughts, uh, if anyone should care. Um, visually nice. They talked to a lot of interesting people. They uh, it was very uh, rosy and upbeat. Um, it was if anyone was looking for serious documentary content, mm-hmm. they were probably sort of disappointed. I mean, I don't think it really... There were a few revelations. I, I enjoyed the story about um, Andy Warhol painting on that opening day and then were begging for him <laughs> not to use the fill. And when it worked, they were stunned. Right. I enjoyed that. I thought that was... In, I, I, I liked the behind the, the sort of that... I've never really seen all that video. I mean, I think it's up on YouTube now. Yeah. But A lot of those stories, you know, they've been told that having the video companion while it's going on makes it makes it special. I, I enjoyed that. I always enjoy anything that, about the Amiga being made. But like I said, for the most part, so I've heard a lot of people that said it was like an American perspective, or it felt like an American was telling the story. I'm an American, right? And I'm pretty sure the Amiga was an American machine. So, well, here's the thing: like, if you want to have, a, you know, if you want to have a British perspective on the Amiga, perhaps that's its own that's its own film. Well, I'd say know? Bedrooms to Billions is probably, right, right. which I've not seen the second part of that yet. But uh, um, as an American. Um, our perspective is no perspective. I mean, I can't tell people. I don't think maybe they don't fully get out here. We don't have any perspective. No one here had Amigas. Nobody. It was incredibly rare, and um, it's like someone over here having a Spectrum. You know, mm-hmm. it just didn't happen, man. And so, uh, any. I think pers- that might be slightly exaggerated. Well, okay, maybe a little yeah. bit. Or okay, an Atari ST, like yeah. the same thing. Yeah. And and um, so. The American perspective on it is, as far as I'm concerned, it was just history. I mean, it's all it was. It was just, and it was rosy. And mm-hmm. what's it? And the end of it cracked me up, where the the fellow said, "Hey, let's do it again." Mm-hmm. And I could just see these guys pulling their lab coats on. I was like, "What does that even mean?" <laughs> going, I don't know. Are they talking about the X1000, right? right. You know, it's just like what an odd way to end the film. It's like, let's go make another Amiga. It's like, okay, yeah, do it. Uh, but. Uh, um, the the renderings were good, uh, which I believe that I think Paul worked on that film, right? That was yeah. his, he did all yeah. the uh, Paul who's watching in chat right now. Oh, so. good job, Paul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Um, I thought those were very nice, and I, like I said, it was. I, I thought it was. Um, it was very short. It's only an hour and like four minutes, and it was uh, easy to watch. It was sort of. I'm not gonna say it was puff PC, but it was. It was. Uh, very light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And anytime I think you're making a film that you hope to like mass distribute, well, you're going to go light. Here's the problem I've got with it, and I'm sure a lot of people thought this when they when they watched it. They left a lot of good stuff on the table. I mean, when you don't really go into the what happened, like they really gloss over everything at the end, right? And to to yeah. us as fans, that's the most that's the most kind of interesting stuff. Yeah, and you I mean, it is interesting. I mean, again, the nostalgia there just did his piece. Mm-hmm. And if you want to, uh, if you want something that just literally goes right to the bone of the matter, his piece blows this one away, yeah. hands down. Yeah. Now, this is have the production. Does it talk to the the men that were actually doing the work? No, it's got none of that. Mm-hmm. You know. So, but if you want to see what happened, I mean, his piece and. Uh, Kim's stuff was good too on the Amiga. Mm-hmm. We're both better in terms of meat. Right. This was more like uh, cotton candy. Yeah. You know, but it was beautiful and I enjoyed it. And it, like I said, it went quick. You know, so I think it's a win. I give it the. I, give, I mean, what did you saw it a while back? Did you? Did yeah. You have similar thoughts. I have the on exact it? same thoughts. Really? You no. Know, it's. I, I look at it like any time that you watch a documentary about anything that you like. Because you've already read a thousand times deeper than whatever the documentary is going to have. So if it can provide you some some good visual moments, you know, if you can match something visual with a story that you've had in your mind, you know, and if that can bring it to life more like the Andy Warhol thing, it accomplished what it set out to do. I, I didn't expect it to counter any of the, you know, Amiga books that have been written or that great Ars Technica series, which continues to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, also very, yeah, very good. Yeah, so... Uh, I will say that I enjoyed it more than Bedrooms to Billions. Maybe it's because I'm an American, but I really think that it's just because Bedrooms to Billions was more like, the Amiga was awesome. Let's show you some game footage, and I'm going to talk about why it was awesome. And they do that with like programmer after programmer, and by the end of it, you're like, all right, I get it. The Amiga was awesome, and I've seen all of these games that were on the Amiga but um, you know, it also didn't go into the the story of Amiga's downfall, which is not the point of that movie. But I'd love to see just an awesome post mortem uh, on on the death of the Amiga. I guess Bedrooms Civilians, though, the whole gimmick of that movie is these are got these are bedroom. Yeah, programmers. it's focused on the programmers more than the machine, which is fine. That's I, I, I really want to watch that. Uh, but it sounds like a nice medley of these two films would have been really good because yeah. this game. One thing Viva had was not a whole lot of. They didn't really go into say the gaming ad. I mean, they that's not like they ignored it, but mm-hmm. it didn't. They didn't like go here with some huge, you know. They didn't work in a. They didn't sew it in like a a, a, a rich tapestry of games. Which and they talk. Uh, yeah yeah and and, and there were, of course you had no narration or anything in this either. It was mm-hmm. all spoken. It's that sort of documentary setup where it's all eyewitness accounts pretty yeah. much. And that again, you can you can do that, but you sort of leave a lot of story. This this goes by. Right. No one so, says anything. Would you say that it's fair that the ultimate Amiga documentary is yet to be made, or would you say that the nostalgia nerd? If is if much you dope? want straight dope, mm-hmm. you know, and who doesn't? Right? Are you with me? Um, um, I would say the nostalgia nerd did a very good job. He didn't have eyewitness testimonies or or uh, uh, you know he didn't he didn't talk to like some of the. I enjoyed seeing the programmer speak. Mm-hmm. You know, I've actually I've seen things that were a lot more interesting than the, in terms of the background. 
but as a as a glossy, beautiful thing, mm -hmm. a light thing that it, you could set and you could watch with people don't even know about the computer. They right. get into it. I think it was good. Like I saw a program called. Uh, uh, I saw a, 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 a documentary one time on the rise and fall of the Pinball 2000s. Mm -hmm. Remember that? Did oh, yeah, that, that was on Netflix. Was I it Tilt or something like that? I yeah, guess. The Battle to Save Pinball. And it was very similar. Mm -hmm. You know, it was, uh, although it went more into the, the death, you know, at the end, but it was very similar. It was sort of uplifting, and they tried not to end on a sour note because Pinball 2000 died. It didn't work. It didn't yeah. help Pinball. And, then they, and they, they sort of went into the reasons why. But it was still... They talked to the guys behind it. This sort of reminded me of of, of that in, in, in some way. So, mm -hmm. hey, not a bad thing. Yeah. So, overall, I give it a thumbs up. It's not the most awesome thing I ever saw, but I thought it was pretty good. Cool, cool. News-wise, I think I'm done. All right. Well, I, I had a couple Amiga pickups this week. All right. Um, what do you got? So, uh, I decided that uh, now that we have an S-Video solution output for the uh, Amiga 500, which goes into our capture card. And thank time, you for that, by the way. Yeah, and thanks to Jason yes, for uh, constructing that for us. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's time to start really making a lot of videos with the 500. Mm, indeed. And uh, right now, we've got a whole bunch of floppies, um, but I've had bad luck, to be honest with you, getting them to work. My floppies are a bit old. Um, so, I decided that uh, going from the discussions that we've had in the past to look into getting a GoTech floppy emulator. Mm -hmm. and, a wise uh, decision. Yeah. And so I uh, ordered one of those, uh, about 17 bucks on eBay. Mm -hmm. And then I also got this serial, uh, some sort of a serial programming board that allows you to flash the drive. Is that the board? That's the, the board. mysterious board. Yeah. Um, and um, so I, I got that. Thank you to uh, whoever that was in the chat that pointed that out, Jonas. Um, and... Um, so those we need are, to be guided along. But yeah, those are coming. Uh, I also got two controller extension cables. Uh, those came from the United States, so they're already here. Um, so we can actually play the Amiga, you know, in a comfortable position in front of our our regular monitor. Beautiful or television. Even. Yeah. Does your yeah. TV have a super, uh, super video input? It does not. It does, it does not. not. So things but, can be done. But uh, we've got a pretty sweet setup over there by the desktop. Yes, I think it'll be. I think that's going to be outstanding, and I'm looking forward to. Uh, Firing up the actual Amiga here at the pad and, mm -hmm. and getting uh, behind the back shots for all our fans. Right. See over the shoulders. Down. Right, right. Absolutely. <laughs> should be good. So, um, that is, uh, those were my Amiga pickups this week. That's tremendous. It's, uh, I, I'm, ex I'm real excited. I've been wanting to fool with the GoTech. I've almost bought one a couple times, but I can't justify it with the. I've also, I'm also working on, this is this is sort of Amiga related. I'm working on a, uh, a, a new project. I'm waiting on the parts to come from China, of course, but I'm going to attempt to take one of my uh, Atari 2600 joysticks and uh, wire it up to use micro switches. Why? Because, okay, well, let's go back. Let's go back for a second. Yeah, because so I want to hear this. Your Wicco stick? Tremendous. Crap. It sucks. You mean the, the yeah. bat wig? Yeah, it sucks. How dare it's you, terrible. sir? What okay. is wrong with it? I've used those plenty of times. Take that home with you and try it out. See how much you like it. It's brand new, too. I know. It's brand new in the box. It Maybe you need to break it in. They can what was wrong break with it? it? In. It oh. doesn't register inputs all the time. So um, you, must be, you must be screwing up. So I was looking at different sticks, like your Ergo stick. Mm-hmm. And then I, then I came across uh, someone who had modded a 2600, just a normal Atari 2600 stick, to uh, use micro switches, which basically turns it into an Ergo stick at that point. You basically replace the contact pads with micro switches. You have to do a little Dremel work, but it didn't look to be too bad. 
And uh, so I ordered myself like a hundred micro switches from China, which cost about two dollars. Really? And um, I'm going to attempt to uh, take one of my mini 2600 joysticks and uh, wire it up. And if it does, if it works, then I'm going to do it on the gym stick. But I'm not going to touch that. My pride and joy. Let me tell you something. The ultimate joystick. You're probably waiting for me to kill you on this. I'm going to tell you something. I endorse this. Good. I'll tell you why. There was very few joysticks made. I want to pound the table with anger. There were very few joysticks that were made that had the uh, quality of an Atari stick. Mm -hmm. But you're right. Without the micro switch feel, you can't match it. Mm -hmm. That said, if you can somehow pull this off, I will be very impressed. And if it works well, I'll be more impressed because that would be outstanding. And I'll have you do one for me. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've also got many, many Atari sticks right, sitting around. Right. So that would be, I want to see this happen. Okay. I'm excited to be a part of this. Stay tuned, folks, and I will be sure to uh, video it. That's an awesome, so. that's an awesome, I've never heard of that. Yeah, yeah. Just I've never heard of that. The internet. There's a lot of stuff on there. It's still not going to be as good as the Wicco. No. No. Nothing I'm surprised else. you're killing that Wicco. Like I said, take it that's home and try That's a famous it. joystick. It's crap. Yeah. It's crap. Uh, what were you using it on? I did, Atari 1200XL. That's what it was. You should have used it on the Amiga, man. It rejected that 1200. (laughs) If it rejects the 1200, I reject it. Oh, my gosh. I'll take it home and I'll try it. Okay. I've got another one, too. So, it's. I'll bring it over here. (laughs) Just an endless parade of bad joysticks. Tell them about the site updates. All right. So, we got site updates this week. Um, Dreamcatcher, of course, has been busy. Let me uh, flip over to the EverythingAmiga.com site. The Dreamcatcher. So uh, all this stuff, sometimes we forget to mention that we have a website and uh, that it's um, everythingamiga.com. Actually, I was going to be flowery and talk love about the website. It actually did something very impressive this week, this website. Yeah. I mean, again, I'm just like everyone else. I'm like, look at this website. You know, and you get used to a new site. And this thing is top shelf. But one of the things that does, scroll down a little bit to where the Patreon scroll by. Mm-hmm. I don't know who thought of this, but see a Rob O'Hare right there? Mm-hmm. It's hot lint, right? Right. And so I'm just sitting there staring at the at the page, right? And I'm looking at it. And like, tell, take, click on Tapes from the Crypt right there. So I know Tapes from the Crypt. You always sing his name, mm-hmm. you know? And this is not like saying, hey, we love all the pages. We do love all the pages. We're just giving out, you know... Uh, websites, but I clicked on it. I'm like, look at this. You can click on these names. I didn't know what it even would do. Mm-hmm. So it took me to his site. I'm looking at this. And I was like, damn, this is right up my alley. Yeah. This guy goes around to uh, thrift stores, thrift stores, and, and, and stuff, and, and picks up tapes and mm-hmm. crazy junk. Well, hell, I like tapes and crazy yeah. junk. You know, I was like, damn. So whoever th- even came up with the thought of having those those things be clickable, who'd have thunk it? I, never, I, mean, I had no idea. I would never have known. It was you, just you, one of those things. You, you know? realize that it, they've been that way since day one on no. the old site? No, I've never known. Well, yeah, but they're this, they're out and about right here in the middle of the page. Yeah, they're know? scrolling by now. You so. know, I'm a simple man. <laughs> you know, I came up in GeoCities. I can't, I can't stuff. find. So, yeah. Hey, tell us the uh, Tapes of the Crypt, a good site. I mentioned it uh, the other day. And, uh... uh but the site, you know, again, I hate to brag on the site, but the guys do a lot of work on it, and yeah. it's, it's yeah. freaking great. And adding videos, like, I was sure it was going to be a complicated mess. It's so much better than mm-hmm. what. It is. It you is. know, any schmuck can do it, and I'm the schmuck, so I was able to add videos without any problem. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, so um, there's been kind of a Monty Python explosion on the site. I was I was motivated. Yeah, so. you did a uh, playthrough of Monty Python's Flying Circus. Flying on, Circus? Yeah, on the... Um, the show is- you've got... 
that's that's an exciting screenshot. So you've got a, a little bit of that going on, and also Dreamcatcher has done a uh, you know his normal tome like review yes. of of the game, and so um, it was very motivating to me. I read this, I'm like, well, hell, I can play that, and yeah. I did. I remember playing it back in the day. You know, you know what it reminds me of. I don't know if you watched the video, but. It, in some ways, it reminds me of like Blood Money. Yeah, it does. It's got that sort way. of tight corridors, you know, shooting. And plus, there it's just it's a strange game, you know. Mm-hmm. I have to admit, despite the fact that I knew about it and I hadn't played it for a long time, I still fell for the game over screen that pops up for no good reason. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I was I was uh, I had to play it after reading the article. I was like, I got to play this. I think wasn't there a. Um a PC Monty Python game that was different, that was another there one? There was, and this got ports. I think this had a port to the PC as I well. I had a CD-ROM Monty Python game at some point. Were you in were you into the Pythons? I, you know, not as not enough to really say that I was. You know, mm-hmm. I used to watch it when they used to play them on Comedy Central. I thought it was funny. But I'm not, I'm not a fan. Pythons are like a lot of old shows. They were very hit or miss mm-hmm. with me. So a lot of that stuff is culturally... Lost on me, or, or a lot of times too, they'll be mumbling and they'll they'll make some <laughs> reference in the crowd, or the the laugh track will go insane, and I, it'll just be like you said, right, right. Time. And so, but as I've gotten older and know a lot more about what's going on, mm-hmm. it, I enjoy them more. Yeah, love the movies. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah. loved Holy Grail, love Life of Brian, lo- loved. You know, uh, I've never seen the Meaning of Life. I've not. That's the I, I, I I'm, seen. it's not the most popular one, but I mm-hmm. really liked it. There's, there's a lot. I love the song. The oh, soundtrack yeah. to it's great too. So yeah, I'll, I'm a big fan of Pythons. I even like stuff like I love Fish Called Wanda. Those are rich. A lot of Pythons. All the, all the police stuff. Yeah. So so yeah. But so that was fun. It was fun to go out and play it. It was frustrating, but it was fun. <laughs> um, Gary Hucker has been busy. Uh, he's put together. Look at that shot. I mean, oh, I haven't about, seen part two. Talk Beauty. about cinematography. I mean, that's so sharp and bright. Those colors. He must have a really great camera setup. He's got a good. Also, I liked yeah. in the first part of that where his cat went over just after he cleaned that case and the cat just lays in it. That amused me. Cool. I, I was wondering if he's gonna put. Hey, parts. look, we're live right now on yeah, YouTube. Pretty slick. Uh, but yeah, Gary's the man. He's got all this stuff laid out. Now it's funny. I was I was watching that video because I had the three thousand a while back, and man. Where were these videos when I needed help? Mm-hmm. Man, I was dying yeah. out there. Dying he really the takes you through and, and points things out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Gary, we appreciate you. Uh, you keep making these how-to videos. Mm. They, they really add a whole different dimension to the site, unlike our dimension, which is I'm not really sure what we contribute. But, well, um, I take up a lot of dimensions. <laughs> but anyway, that's the site updates this week. You can always right. check back over to everythingamedia.com. Forgot that. Oh, yeah. I've actually got it on How my list right you, here, sir. too. I just didn't see it right at You're first. You're stunned you that I did it? two in one week. You were, did you, you were post it on the site? Yeah. New so, York Warriors, man. It was a uh, I don't see crazy it. game. Oh, there it is. Crazy. Yeah, it was. Uh, I put it out sun- Sunday, I okay. think. Okay. Um, I again, this was mentioned in the five games that don't start with the letter S article, which I think was that folds. I like that new transition you put in there. Make I didn't drop do that. Down like that, I had nothing to do with that. Well, it looks uh, but great. anyway, uh, I remember playing this game. He had mentioned it uh, again. I motivated by what I read, I went out and, and gave that a shot. And uh, man, that was a fun game. Uh, I don't know if you've ever tried it, uh, but it was a lot of fun. I watched your entire playthrough of it. Oh, jeez. And I liked the fact that you skipped around. and so I, I had to. It, yeah. <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> and, uh, but, I mean, it looked like a really good sort of Akari Warriors clone. It, one thing I like about it, again, if you're, if you're a fan of the movie The Warriors, this obviously they stole. Mm-hmm. And then I read the Wikipedia page for The Warriors, so I Which, learned something. Yeah, and, and they of course, some of the, uh, the especially the... Uh, uh, 
the baseball gang, the the Furies, are directly taken. Of course, the guy on the box, which I'd never seen until I looked for it here. It's like, oh, there he is. But uh, fun game, so difficult. Mm. Would be a lot more fun with two people. Uh, we should do a double one of these days. Yeah. And uh, also, I'm not the best hand at these sort of games, so I only did so well. But yeah, fun game that I enjoyed playing quite a bit. And uh, it's one of those games where it's it's unusual. To, there's a lot of shooting games, but I like the ones where you kind of run around. You can see what what they've done with the backgrounds and right. stuff. And you don't never know what to expect, mm-hmm. you know. So I I enjoyed it. All right. Well, let's go ahead, and uh, we don't have any. No feedback this week. Oh man, we we missed an event. There was an event in Poland. Uh, just it ended on the twentieth, I think. What some was sort it? What of was a, it? like some sort of a game jam sort of development thing. Oh, um, it's not the one that uh, Last Starfighter and stuff was in. No, was no, no. Okay. This one was literally days ago. Um, so I, I looked at Indie Retro News too late to get that. But uh, other than that, sorry, Poland. Yeah, we usually try to have y'all's back over there. That's true. Um, Let's go ahead and jump right into the game. The, the lost, last, the lost, the last, the I, lost Viking. It's not the last Viking. No, no, because there are still Vikings today. I don't believe that. Minnesota Vikings. Agree to disagree. Yeah, yeah. You, I'll send them over. <laughs> so any lost Vikings uh, came out in '93. Uh, Pretty late release. Yeah, this was a, done by an outfit called Silicon and Snaps. Uh, do you know what they evolved into? I'm sure you do. Oh, I've heard of Synapse Software. Is that the No, same? they developed into Blizzard. Really? Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, I did know that because I always thought that this was a Blizzard game. No. Uh, it was a uh, uh, published by Interplay. Uh, Silicon and Snops really only did one other game on the Amiga, and that was Lord of the Rings Volume 1, which I've not played. I, you know, I, I rented the Super Nintendo version of that. And really? It is, it is sort of a Zelda-ish title. How, how did it play? Was it anything like this or either other no, stuff? No, totally different than this. This is a top-down, um, sort of isometric. It looks like a 16-bit role-playing game. Mm, I see. Um, this came on two floppies or a CD if you had a CD32. I had a cup of coffee with both versions uh, this week, and I'll get into that in a moment. Uh, you play; It's one player only, of course. Uh, and uh, it was a uh, action arcade um Puzzle game mm-hmm. is that the best way to describe this? Yeah, I think that uh, it was a platform puzzler. Um, it was a it was a it's a unique game. It, it, there are similarities to other games which mm-hmm. I'll get into. Mm-hmm. Um, it it did allow hard drive install, which that's again that's always unusual. But again, ninety three, I guess they were just like the hell with it. Right, just do what you want. Um, this game got a lot of conversions, not a lot, some, but they were mainstream, which why I mentioned mm-hmm. them. Uh, this was, which I had never played this version. This appeared on the Game Boy Advance. Did you ever try that? I did not. Yeah. Uh, it was on the uh, PC, uh, which I believe I have tried in the back in the day. Uh, it was on the Super Nintendo and the Genesis slash Mega Drive. I had a chance to uh, try both the Super Nintendo, which is, the Super Nintendo version is the uh, root version. That was the, it was the one that I made first. And probably of the three, I would say it's probably the best mm-hmm. and it would be the best for strictly if for any reason because of the controls mm-hmm. uh, where on the Amiga you're using the keyboard to do various things on the uh, uh, on the Nintendo it was all on the stick made it a lot easier now we'll say the CD32 version took care of that it's got two it's got used the extra buttons to switch guys right right, right and that, that made a big difference 
it's the Genesis version was you know it was close. It was probably I'd say the Genesis version was the slowest and probably looked a little crummier mm-hmm. than the other two. Uh, but the Super Nintendo version was had some nice effects and stuff. Um, so what was this? Well, it's basically you follow uh, uh, three Vikings: Olaf the Stout, uh, Baliog. The Fierce, do you think that's right? Baliog, B-A-L-E-O-G. That sound right to you? Oh boy. I'm we'll not, have to ask Nordic. one of our... Uh, Henrik, I know... I, Swedish, Sweden, is that Vikings? I'm sure that that's offensive and probably racist. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, if anybody knows you're, how you're to pronounce that... You're killing us overseas yeah. right now. And Eric the Swift. And these Vikings each have different powers. Um, the uh, one guy, the Swift, he can jump. He can Eric the Swift can jump. He can uh, he can ram into somebody's right, head. He can, yeah, he can run around. Then you've got the uh, Olaf the Stout. He's got a shield, so he can block stuff and he can hold the shield up and glide over. Mm-hmm. And also, people can jump off of his shield yeah. off the top of it. And then you've got uh, uh, Baliog the Fierce, who's got a sword. He can kill stuff, and he also has a bow and arrow. He can shoot bow uh, arrows and stuff. Uh, so. It's a pretty simple formula here, to be honest with you. You've got these three guys. The story starts off with this kind of a cute little cutscene where it shows the different guys. It shows them in their little village with their wives and babies. And they, they come out of their village. They go through sort of a sample adventure. And then uh, they get night falls. They get kidnapped by this UFO. Mm-hmm. And they get beamed out in this sort of hilarious moment where they all look all disheveled and they get sucked <laughs> up into this thing. And the next thing you know, they uh, each awake in this like basically like a spaceship, and you have to, and that's how the game starts, and you have to figure out what to do from there. Um, the three guys have different powers, like I said, and you have to use them in conjunction with each other to to finish your goals. This game is a a game where you have to start one area and you have to get to the finish. You can't have one guy get to the finish, you'll lose. You can't have a guy get killed, you'll lose. You have to get all three guys to the exit, okay, in every level. So what does this sort of remind you of right off the top of your head? Lemmings. That's correct. Guess what inspired this game? Lemmings. Correct again. read an interview with the uh, creators of this, and they said they were playing the hell out of a bunch of Lemmings, Mm -hmm. and they wanted a game that had five, I think they wanted five Vikings to start, and they ended up trimming it down to eventually where it was three Vikings. Mm -hmm. Um, This game is a lot like Lemmings in in a very clever way. Number one, in Lemmings, you could let a lot of Lemmings get killed on a lot of levels. You have to give a damn. Uh, this game, there's none of that. Uh, secondly, despite the fact that these guys each seem like they sort of have a couple powers, they really, if you think about it, they sort of simulate the powers of, say, six different Lemmings, which if you look, if you look at Lemmings, you're going to have a lot more options, but not a ton more. So they right. really, they made to simulate it with less stuff to worry mm-hmm. about. I think that their, their philosophy was like, Let's take this game. Let's make it look really nice. Let's make the sprites really big and animate really well, and inject a little bit more of humor into it. Right. Um, <coughs> excuse me. It is an amusing game. The uh, when you complete a level, the Vikings will have some interplay there. Where they'll talk to each other, and it's generally some Three Stooges level, you know, shut up or I'll mm-hmm. bonk you type uh, stuff. Uh, but uh, um, it starts off fairly simple and then it gets really tough for me pretty quick it ramps up now i know you did better at this than i did uh because i and i've I've played this back in the day this was my idea to play it and i 
at some point in my life, I played through a bunch of those. I had all kinds of trouble uh, getting very far. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very clever levels. The one thing that sets this game aside, uh, apart from Lemmings and other games, is the arcade element is there, and it's important. Mm-hmm. And so it's not a game where where you can just rest on your laurels mentally. Right. I mean, you have, you to, have, have to have reflexes, yeah, to do this. And, uh, um, Often I would do something really stupid, and and, it, and the thing is, it's one of those games where if you screw up, you've got to start all the level all over. Mm-hmm. And then some of these levels are pretty long, you know. And so it's very um, demoralizing to have to start over, right? Especially after you've gotten two of your Vikings to the door, and then one Viking does something, you just accidentally screw up and fall into the electric trap or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, you want to talk about some of the uh, stuff you have to go up against? Uh, uh, there's uh well, there's walls. There's there's like electricity stuff. You mm-hmm. have to stop. Uh, you know, you're basically trying to get to the exit of every level, and so they they put all of these different obstacles in your way, and um, you you have to shoot different things, switches, um, switches. There's um, and the Vikings interact with each other too. Like you said, like you know, people can bounce off the shield, so you may have to line up one of your Vikings below a platform so the other guy can fall onto it and then bounce off to another one. It's that's pretty much. I mean, there's the plot of this as you as you read on is. I mean, these aliens have kidnapped you. It's the old, it's the old plot where they it's the old galactic zoo, right? They've kidnapped all these different various creatures to put in their zoo, and and you're and you're trying to get out. I've never beat this game or even come anywhere near beating it. Uh, the uh, elements of of using your guys to trip switches and to uh, to defeat these various traps. They're actually quite clever. In mm-hmm. fact, some of them are probably too clever. There were a couple levels, and I used the codes to kind of skip around. Right. I should mention that the game used uh, save codes, mm-hmm. um, which is straight off the console versions. You know, um, The codes are okay. I mean, and they're four, they're only four, four character codes. Mm-hmm. It's nothing major. Uh, this Lemmings did the same thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, one thing that I had trouble playing this on my actual Amiga uh, for whatever, I think it was again related to that problem I've got with my mouse but it, I had trouble playing it properly so I had to emulate it to play it and one thing that bothered me when I'm playing it on the on the emulator was the having to reach up and do stuff with the keyboard and that's exactly my problem with this game um, it's, it sucks to you, you really take yourself out of the experience when you have to take your hand off the joystick and hit the button on the keyboard to switch guys. Yeah, or, or to uh, hit various, you know, to do the switches mm-hmm. or do the, to, to go from, to go and use the bow and arrow. Right. The, uh, um, it, it became irritating yeah. to me. Um, this is one game that I will say, having played the CD32 version of this, which I did play a lot more than the other version. The CD32 stick helped helped a lot. You know that stick is underrated. The CD32 stick, yeah, it's not bad at it all. It is. It looks stupid. I mean, I'm the first to admit it. And it, my shoulder buttons are not in the best shape. Mm-hmm. You know, mine's been heavily played by before I got hold of it. Uh, and I really needed to, to rig up something else to control it. But that stick is pretty comfortable. the The buttons are in a good spot. It's ergonomically sound. You know, it gets a lot of grief, but I mean, if you compare it to some of the real bad sticks, oh, that yeah. stick. I mean, it's nothing compared game to the gamepad, I should say. Like you know, it, oh, yeah, it's, and it's it's got plenty of buttons. You know, it's a shame that they couldn't do anything with that because 
I know a lot of these collections that they're doing where they go back and put a bunch of games on one CD32, Amiga J is doing. Mm -hmm. I know that a lot of those they've tweaked to have those extra buttons, which right. is tremendous. Yeah. That's definitely the way And to that's get. really, the, I really think that in Europe, and Chris Folds and I have talked about this, that the Amiga would have beaten the Genesis and the Super Nintendo if they just would have brought the 1200 out with multi button support out of the gate, really pushed that. And, um, you know, because that's, you can't play 16 bit games, the majority of 16 bit games, with one button. It just won't happen. Right. I mean, and it, they're uh, among the many, many things they screwed up. That was when the, when the 1200 came out, it, you're right, it should have come standard with a gamepad mm -hmm. with at least three buttons. Right. There's no doubt. Right. It was still been backwards compatible. We mm -hmm. all hooked Genesis sticks up to them now, or yeah. Mega Drive. We've all done that, mm -hmm. so we know it works. It would have helped. And in this game, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not like you have to have split second timing, but sometimes you sort of do. And and uh, man, when you're reaching up to hit that keyboard, especially when you're doing like some of the bow and arrow and stuff, it's just it. You're doing gymnastics there, right? Yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I went through and played every version to get a good feel for it, and the Genesis version was far and away the easiest to play. And it was all a controller. Mm -hmm. um, it just felt better. Yeah. You know, and, I, and I rarely say that about Amiga titles. Mm -hmm. I mean, this one, it's funny. Of all the games that would bother me on button-wise, because we talk about this all the time, up for jump and everything, mm -hmm. but it bothered me on this one. Um, what did you think? I'm going to get your opinion without speaking on it. What did you think of the music? Three words. Euro dance trash. If I was... I, I think I know what they were going for. Oh, I know what they were going they for. They all had that music, by the way. That's the that's the Amiga music. That's the, well, actually, that I think the Genesis what, has different music. With uh, well, I mean, like, as far as the music on the Amiga version, that's what, like, demo scene music, it all has that same sort of, that same sort well, of sound. Well, it, to me, I know they were going for this, like, the Vic, uh, fish out of water sort of right. thing mm -hmm. with the Vikings, and every time I booted that game up and that, Whatever that was, hip hoppy <laughs> remix stuff came up. I was just like, "What in the hell?" It's my got voice to? samples. You know, it's like, "Woo, hey, <laughs> yeah. woo." You know, I was like, "What, what the hell is this?" You know, what are we doing here? Ugh. That's I, I, I would have loved to have had something like the Skyrim theme or something, something Viking like. You know, and I, I looked up the, the guy that the music was. Uh, one of the, one of the musicians was Alistair Brimble, which we've oh, yeah. called his name before. He's a man had, among men. Charles Deenan. Uh, but uh, I turned off the end-level music every time. I don't know if you did. Yeah. And I got off the main menu as quickly as I could. Mm -hmm. I just didn't I didn't like it. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, I, I saw what they were doing, because this whole game is a fish out of water. And I will say, while I'm thinking about it, this game reminded me, if it, there's an old, uh, there's a old Advanced Dungeons & Dragons module. It's a Gary Gygax spectacular called Expedition to the Barrier Peaks. Mm -hmm. You've probably never heard of this. No. I've ran this in the last few years as well. It's another one of my perennial favorites. And in this module, your D&D &D party stumbled upon a UFO. And so you're going through this, and of course you're D&D you're &D people. Mm -hmm. And you're seeing robots and laser guns and all this and, you know metal, weird, smooth metal, and, and all this job. And, and so the whole time I was playing this game, I kept thinking about that, that aspect of it. It's very mm -hmm. similar. Um one thing we probably shouldn't fail to mention about the gameplay is you also acquire items uh, as you go through the game. Um, these will come in the form of, of tomatoes or bombs or things that will clear the screen of enemies, mm -hmm. stuff like that. Each guy can have, like, four slots. You can also throw stuff away. Um, 
I know early on, I think it's like the second level, you have to use one of your bombs to blow up a, a computer. Uh, that's an interesting angle. I, you know, the inventory and stuff. That, and I know later on in the game that yeah. gets a lot more important. It adds a, an extra element to a game that could just as easily have been a run-of-the-mill sort of puzzle plot like gods type of thing. Well, which is about as simple as it gets. Again, to me, in my mind, this is another Lemmings element. Again, you've taken what happens in the later levels of Lemmings. You uh, end up using more peculiar guys that are more mm-hmm. for a singular purpose. Sure. And that's what you're doing with this stuff. You're mm-hmm. the bomb or whatnot. You're using it, and it's sort of like an extra power. Right. So uh, that's, a, that's a great way of thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this thing, once, and it's funny, I, didn't, I never really put this game in the same vein as Lemmings. It never really occurred to me because mm-hmm. it's, in a lot of ways, it's different. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot, you could tell these guys took Lemmings and said, how could we make an action game? With puzzle elements out of this, and that, and, that, and they, what they did was very quite clever. Yeah, you know, uh, when when they did this, um, this game reviewed well. Uh, in fact, uh, on the on the consoles, it was very well regarded. Uh, it uh, it was uh, called the twenty second game of all time for the Mega Drive uh, by the magazine Mega, uh, so it's pretty high. Uh, the Super Nintendo was very popular the year it came out. Uh, the Amiga version did pretty well. Your, most of your reviews are in your uh, are in the 80s or a few 90s. Amiga actually gave it 91. Uh, Amiga Computing gave it an 84. You know, like I said, 80, 80s and 90s. Amiga Format gave it a 79. So pretty much standard across the board uh, on that stuff. The uh, it's aged well. It's not the kind of game I would normally play mm-hmm. because I, I'm a, I guess I'm an action junkie or I just get frustrated easily. Like, it's one of the reasons I don't go back and play Lemmings that much. It's just having to repeat levels. It just sort of drives me nuts. Yeah, and I think that that's the saving grace of this game is that they built in the the code system for the levels. Yeah. Oh God, I would. Can you imagine having to go back and repeat all the levels? I would jump. I would jump off a cliff. Because if there's a level that's really giving you problems, you can just look up the code to skip past it and then just move on. Right. Right. Um, this game was developed with a small team. I think they said there was about 12 people that worked on it at the time. And this, of course, this game was before they became Blizzard and went on to do uh, the Warcraft games. Right. Like they did the Starcraft games. Just amass vast fortunes. <laughs> uh, World, World of Warcraft. Warcraft. Yeah, have you played World of Warcraft? I, you know, when I lived in Korea, I got into it pretty heavy. And uh, I enjoyed it. I was part of a guild. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and uh, you know it was it was a time in my life that that I look back too fondly, but I can't see myself playing another MMO ever again. It would have to be a very special one yeah. to, to get me into it. Um, this game had a sequel, uh, Lost Vikings Two, and so so that's nice. Uh, I've not played the sequel. Have you ever played the sequel no. to it? Um, there were ports to of the sequel to the PC, PlayStation, and the Sega Saturn. Among others, boy uh, Saturn. We get Super Nintendo. I've got a. I've yeah, got two Saturns actually. Man. We need to get into that thing. I love the Saturn. I've not. It's funny. I've done very little with. You got a mod. You got it modded though, right? No, but it, you don't really need to mod them anymore. It's mm. you get a little. You can get a little a uh, soft mod. It's a it's a action replay sort of a deal, but it's real simple. Um. So, how do you you know where do you put this game in the pantheon of well, action puzzlers. <laughs> How many can you name? Can you name another action puzzler? I'm there's, there's a game that's very popular for the PC that's come out within the last five years called Trine. 
Oh yeah, I played Trine absolutely. Yeah. And so that's and, kind yeah, of you're a right. spiritual it's a, success. It is very simple. I never thought about it, but you're right. Um, I just I'm kind of like you. I I don't have the patience. I get frustrated easily with puzzle platformers. I feel like they're always trying to trick you, which is what they are, you know. And I know that things are going to progress to a point where I can't go on sooner or later. So I'm probably not the right person to ask. However, there are many things to recommend this game in terms of its ranking in a puzzle platformer. Things like the inventory. Things like the amount of humor and the, of the backstory, the, the cinematics. Um, the animation of the Vikings is very good. Um, the music is terrible, but it's... It, it's, it's stylized. It's st- if you yeah, like that sort of If music. you like that sort of thing, it's there for you. Mm. Um, so... Even though I'm not a fan of the genre, as they say, I can appreciate what it is. Yeah. That's the best. That's the that's the highest praise I can get. I think that's I think that's fine and dandy, and I, I'm sort of agree with you. I mean, and there are times where I'm in the mood for this sort of thing, and also mm-hmm. I play it. Actually, I, I uh, I've got the Super Nintendo version and Genesis version of my little PSP, and I've been playing this a lot on the Amiga. And so when I got a spare moment, I fired. I've been playing it on there a little bit, and I'll play. It's it's this is one of those games that I'll play it until I get pissed off, and then mm-hmm. I, and I just like Mah! yeah, you know I'm not starting that again, right? You know it's uh, and part of it's almost uh, dun- uh almost Dragon's Lair in a way. Mm-hmm. I mean, just you're gonna go out and get killed a, bu- a, few, a bunch of times before you figure out what you're supposed to do. One thing that I think that keeps me coming back to Lemmings is the single screen aspect of it. Um, you can see where the exit is as soon as you start, and you can work towards that goal. With Lost Vikings, you know you're in this maze of corridors, and you're just trying to trying to you know it's trial and error to figure out where you're supposed to go. It is, and I, I, I think you have to have the patience and the time to sit down with one of these, and I, that it's patience and time that I don't have anymore. Yeah, I think I had it at one time, but I don't have it. I don't have it now. Right. Uh, have you heard of a game called um, Heroes of the Storm? Yeah, Heroes of the Storm. That is a um, um, that is a MMO or not an MMO? A, a, um, a uh, what is the acronym I'm looking for? It is like um, it's a Warcraft three mod where you play heroes. It's like Dota. That's that's it's Blizzard's Dota. I don't know what Dota is. Okay, so. Dota stands for Defense of the Ancients. Okay, I've never and heard it's that. based on a Warcraft Three mod where instead of playing like little peons, you only control like the lords, like the mega guys. Okay, mm-hmm. and this like Heroes of the Storm and Dota are rivals. Um, Dota is made by Valve, and Heroes <laughs> of the Storm is made by Blizzard, but they both have massive esports followings. Mm, it's a team based game. It's like five on five, and you're basically, uh, you know, trying to destroy the other person's tower. I see. Well, uh, the reason I bring it up is that the Lost Vikings are a uh, uh, part of the Heroes of the Storm playable roster. Mm-hmm. They have been, uh, I don't know if they're some kind of uh, pay to download sort of a deal, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, they were added. They're in actually a couple other games, so uh, they, they're still fondly looked upon by Blizzard and their history, uh, which is, this is probably one of their... You know, last small successes before the huge successes yeah. came. Yeah, I mean, this and Blackthorn wasn't that one of which their Blackthorn games? Blackthorn was not a game that I enjoyed, but it was. It had again it had a lot strategy of, it, element. It got a lot of press. I remember in Nintendo Power, it got time. killed, as I recall, for not being good enough and all the so. hype. Yeah. Right? or maybe it was Dakota, Dakota Tata. Remember okay. that one? I can't. There was two of. Not don't say Akuma Tata. I know what you're saying. I looked this up on eBay. I'm not going to let you get your get your junk anymore. See, I almost. 
almost went blue right there too. Uh, I looked this up on eBay. Uh, boy, I thought this is much like last week's games. I thought these things would be just grab them and go. Wrong. Um, there wasn't there. There was one uh, uh, up right now. One fifty five bucks U.S. If you want it out of Germany, go to that's work. Steep. All of my German brothers. Is that complete? Yeah, that's the box. Okay. Uh, and then I looked up how it had been selling. And hell, one sold recently in the UK for 66 US dollars. Dollar, dollar bill. So this, this, game's, no, this game's no cheap date. You gotta pay. You gotta pay. You gotta pay to hoe. So if you're the Lost Vikings, probably hope you got a copy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Put it that way. <laughs> All right, well, it's time for the question segment of our show. Oh, boy. And, uh, in Is this the... another beard-related question? <laughs> well, in the chat, David says, how does one acquire an Amigos t-shirt? Oh, that's got to be a chill question. Well, David, I'm glad you asked. Oh, my God. So, uh, he doesn't exist. I'm looking. <laughs> Who's this guy? Uh, if you go, Crandles, If so you no. go over to tpublic.com and just search for Amiga Tees, you can also go to everythingamiga.com and click on the Clothe Yourself link down at the bottom of the page. And uh, you can see that we have a wide range of Amigos and Amiga tees to choose from. If you like one that has all of the Amigos staff and supporters, that is a very, uh, very high selling tee. Did you add um, names to that this week? It's, we're adding names all the time. Oh my gosh! And so, fourteen bucks. Yeah, I actually had to Photoshop the file even further to add the extra names. I'm going to get me one of those. Things are, they're them. on sale right now for the next 29 Damn. hours. You can save 30%. They're on sale for 14 bucks. Holy so, smokes. Uh, That's not a bad deal. Yeah. Right? So check them out over at Tee Public. They're good people. Uh, and it helps support the site. So uh, David, thank you for that question. Um, and we have one final question. Is this um, a show question? Where, <laughs> where do I go to give money to the podcast? <laughs> um, well, if you would like to give money to the podcast. Oh, thank you for asking, oh, Aaron. No. If you'd like to give money to the podcast, if you'd like to support us and keep the lights on here at the Amigo Studios, coming to you live for the first time in 1080p, thanks for our new Logitech C922X professional streaming webcam. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> uh, you can go over to patreon.com slash amigospodcast. And uh, this kind of swings right into our next question. Our next question is, how many instruments can you guys play, and would John bring his guitar on for the singing sessions oh, of the podcast? Whoever asks this question should be taken out and killed. So, Aaron, why don't you answer first, how many instruments can you play? I play baritone. What is a baritone for those that are not low brass? Musically low brass kicks ass, as you know. Um, I also, well, let me let me preface these by saying I'm horrible and haven't played these for years. I played some trumpet mm-hmm. back in the day, eighth eighth chair. <laughs> in fact, I didn't have a chair. I was first stool. That's how bad I was at trumpet. That's why they moved to baritone. I have dabbled. Dabbled in the piano. Yeah, you've got a piano. I do have a piano, a very classic mm-hmm. 1940s. Looks very nice in your house. Yeah, thank you. The cats like it too. Um, do I play anything else, Boat? I think that's about it. I wish I was more musically inclined, but I am not. Well, uh, I play um, 
almost everything to some extent, except for string instruments. Uh, I don't play violin or cello. I have no. Wouldn't that be sweet though? No aptitude. Those I love people to play are cello. incredibly talented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm a middle school band director, so uh, it's my job to play every instrument because I have to teach every instrument. You notice he doesn't teach choir, right? Yeah, I don't teach choir. Actually, I am a choir director, but I don't actually sing in those rehearsals, which decision. is probably for the best. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, I have brought my guitar on. Oh, who, whoever asked this, we should instantly hit the band hammer. This was uh, this band is Gary. This, this is Gary. Gary, what were you thinking? What are you doing to me? And so um, we, I figured that uh, you know you should at least let me grow my Garfunkel. <laughs> <laughs> You've already got your Simon. No. So. Oh, that's true. I'm a little bit bigger than Simon. Uh, so this is this goes out to this actually also goes out to Sean Courtney because uh, the Steptoe and Son reference. Do you remember this from oh, last week? Yes. The, he's the old man from A Hard Day's Night. That's why I've never seen that. Sean knows that I'm a big Beatles fan, mm-hmm. and Sean, of course, has a Beatles podcast. I think so. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. And so we need um, to get a list of all these people as podcasts. Oh, I know. I'm finding all this new stuff. I know. So uh, we'll do this. We'll do this for Sean. David McCrandall's Gary Hucker, Will Williams, Kim Tommy Humberstead, Josh Ness. Jason Warren's Lane, Eric Nelson, Grandpa P. Paul Harrington, Rob O'Hara, Lauren Giroux, Jonas Rollo, Kjolbjorn Barman. Tapes from, tapes from the crypt, Adam Bradley, Chris Folds, Daniel. O'Brien's Retro Advantage Chad Halstead and Brent Dowdy Oh man, that's the worst version of I Want to Hold Your Hand I've ever heard. All right, so uh, we also want to thank Zeus Daz and World of Long Plays. For and their, Zeus. Yeah, and Just Zeus. creating Vikings. That's true. Oh, wait, that's Nordic. We would, we would actually want to thank uh, I always get those confused. Do you? No. I seldom do, but yeah, I don't need it. <laughs> um, I try to work it in. So uh, thank you for the in-game footage. Um, and uh, I guess that'll do it for this week's mm-hmm. show. Aaron, what do you want to play next week? Mystery game. Mystery game. Mystery game. Okay. You don't know what it is. Mystery game. It's a mystery. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Adios. Adios.